right, let's see some other questions. Um, boys, Fio, we see you. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Okay, the next question is, most young people are depressed due to overpressuring themselves or expecting too much from themselves. But in the world we live in, it is easy to fall into that trap. What would be your advice to a person going through such? You, you have to trace, um, again, your circle of influence. You have to trace where that comes from. I, I understand when we term it and we say, um, I'm putting so much pressure on myself, but there's usually a reason behind that. There's usually um, something else that fuels and influences that. Sometimes it's, it's you know, wanting to make sure that we, we come back to our parents, Siboni said that they, you know, they imparted in us and it's trying to please. And you must be able to trace where, where is that coming from? Who's in my circle of influence that is so important to me that I feel like I might not want to let them down? Then I end up putting pressure on myself. And it's very true. For young people, this, this is a biggie. This is a big one. Um, it's always a challenge because you, you want to make a name for yourself in a very weird way of putting it. Um, I remember putting it like this, talking to my father and I was saying to him, you know, some of the challenges that we face as young men, we are unable to come back to the father and ask for advice because I want to come back to the father and say, look at what I've done um, and be proud of me. So in looking for people to be proud of you, you end up really putting some pressure on yourself. But start to trace where does that come from exactly. When she felt like she did not love herself, it's probably something that stems from when she was very young. That is very true. Do those exercises to see where does this thing come from? When did I start thinking in this way? Because think about it, when you're still young, when you're a child, you don't have that pressure. You don't put that pressure on yourself. You run around, you're happy and nothing, but something happens to trigger that and, and put that in your psyche. And being able to trace and track back and be able to say, oh, so that's why I landed in ending up looking for validation, because usually it's also linked to looking for validation. I hope someday we can have a, a longer time to talk about validation and, and what it means, you know. Because we do look for validation outside of ourselves. We do have stronger relationships outside of ourselves than with, our, with, with ourselves, you know. So try to trace where that comes from. That's how you can start dealing with it. And once you've pinpointed, just remind yourself and remember that, you know what, at the end of the day, people are people. And you really cannot please everybody. It, it just doesn't happen that way. Try to please yourself. Try to not see it as um, putting pressure on yourself. But just do enough that you are doing the things that you love and you are satisfied with yourself and where you are in your life and in your work. Mm. Stay in your lane. You know, stay in your lane. Don't um, don't find yourself um, comparing because then that's you are competing with something that that's even outside of you, and um, something that you can control. The one thing that you can control is how you feel and your experience in life. So keep your literally, you know, stay in your lane. Literally stay in your lane. There's no traffic there. You know, we want it. There's no traffic. There's no other. And yeah, stay in your lane. I like that. Can I just add a little bit more while you're there? Because you touched on, you know, you're touching on everyone you speak about the competition. That's my life's work. Try to compete only with yourself. Don't put pressure. So putting pressure has to do with keeping score. It has to do with comparing with somebody else. What are their results? What are my results? Measure your progress, but don't keep score. Mm -hmm. Measure the progress. 
still see how far you're going. And we had this conversation the other night where we are saying how difficult it is to find just when you find yourself competing with your peers, with your friends, when you see that your friends are now doing A, B, C, and D, and this is where they are, this is what they are driving, this is, you know, stay in your lane. If you're doing your thing, you're doing your thing, satisfy yourself. If you are satisfied with yourself, don't put too much pressure. Pressure comes from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It comes from comparing. So try not to compete with other people, but compete with yourself. Try not to compare too much. Just look at your own results and measure results, but don't keep score. Okay. Um, the next question is, there's, um, there's a depression caused by um, the absence of a father. What makes it worse is the fact that you see him and he sees you too um, from time to time, but that just doesn't, he just doesn't care about you. How would you advise a way forward? Do I move? Um, do I move from where I live? How can I stop myself from wanting his love so bad, although I know he doesn't care? Hmm. That, that that's an interesting question to me, and I, my compassion really goes to the person who is feeling this. But don't you don't have to move from where you are staying. Um, you don't have to put that kind of pressure on yourself. Look, just to talk a little bit around um, the question before we, we really tackle the question itself. There's something that my father once said to me, he says, you know, when he sees homeless people, he knows that there's a challenge with the father in the house. Probably the father is absent in the house. And I was young when he said that, so I, I didn't really capture it that fully. But as I grew older, I started to realize when there's an absent father in the family space, there is a, a lot of instability that gets lost there. And when you start to do psychological research, you find that it's it's girl children also who are faced with that more because the girl needs to know that the men, so that, because you know, girls will pick their fathers when they pick someone to marry, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, you can look it up. Um, girls will feel it more when there isn't that, in, that stability in the family. You must remember that we, we are generalizing, but we are talking about masculine energy and feminine energy. The mother brings in that nurturing, that feminine energy that, you know, cocooning and protecting. The father brings a different kind of protecting. It's the physical, it's the, if he's there for me, I can feel like I can face the world. So it hampers on how much we explore the world when the father is not around. That's why my compassion really goes to the person who asked this question. It's it's a really hard hitting one. It's, it's one that, you know, really goes in. But just be careful not to place so much of your power outside of yourself. Um, you know, try this exercise, and it's something that uh, one of my mentors said to me. He said, um, think of it like an onion. You keep peeling until you get to the core of it. Try parenting yourself. This is what this guy was saying to me when he was mentoring me. And I, I thought about what he was saying. He says, get to a stage where the things that you would have loved a father to bring you, could you start bringing those for yourself? So that you start kind of parenting yourself so that you don't give up your power and you don't start feeling that, you know, disempowered. Because this is a, a big one. It even leads to, if you do your research correctly, you'll find that it even leads to things like substance abuse. Oftentimes in our households, and again, I'm generalizing, it's, it's a societal thing. But oftentimes in our households, what happens is when when the father is not around, there isn't that voice. Like, manganga, umama will sing zuchulubabaku. You know, Umama always knows Uchi Ubaba is that final voice that says, don't do crappy things. But when that presence is not in the household, and, and by the way, if you hear me talking a lot like this, I've researched it so much because 
we have such a serious challenge in our societies with absent fathers. It's a real thing. And it, it really it, it really hurts how the children are growing up. And oftentimes, it, the absent father, it, those things are, are, are generational, they are transferred. Oftentimes, when we start to trace and start to research, we find that this father as was very absent. Nay, he didn't know his father and his father was absent. It's very hard when you grow up Una, a man in a house to be an absentee father type of thing. You know, this is not about blame or judgment or anything like that. It's just one of those questions that I, I really feel strongly about because in counseling, you find this a lot. You, you really do. You find this a lot. Half the situations that we end up facing that we end up calling depression, which is why I suppose even this question landed on this particular conversation. Half the things boiled down to the father was absent, the father wasn't around, um, the mother was left alone to raise a child. Too many of the, the, the people that you talk to, you find that they were raised from a single parent household. And those are real challenges that we then find. So you, you have to kind of peel that onion. You have to try and father yourself. Don't, don't take it to heart too much. In fact, when I read that question, the statement even says, you want his love. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, a thing about depression that we do need to talk about. Everyone else can say, I love you, but until it's that guy that I want for him to be the one who says he loves me, it doesn't count. You know what I mean? You'll find that around you, there are other people that are saying, no, but, you know. Around you, there are other figures. Around you know? You, but you want that particular one. And because you see... Oh, thank you for rescuing me. I, I had... <laughs> No, because you see him. Because um, the the question is, I see and I, and he I see him and he see I he sees me and I see that he doesn't care. Now, that's a very powerful statement. Mm. When somebody shows you their true colors, take them. I know it's very hard. It's going to be very hard for you to hear this. Yeah, you're a harsh one. Eh? I know it's very it's gonna be very hard for you to hear this, but you are not gonna get anything from forcing yourself into that situation because what you're going mm -hmm. to get is rejection over rejection over rejection. Now you have to choose to love yourself enough for you not to find yourself to put yourself in that position. This is why I speak a lot about empowerment. Now, because you are looking for love outside of yourself. It's you are giving the power away heavily, especially that you have, it's painful that you have proof that this particular man does not want you. You have proof and he he's probably have, has said it. And even he doesn't even have to say it. His gestures, everything that he's doing, says he is rejecting you, and you don't, 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 don't do that to yourself. I think the best thing to do, especially if you know what the challenge is, I'll keep on talking about. If you, if you know what it is, then you are able to handle it. So you know that this man, love yourself. Choose yourself. It's going to be very hard for you to start doing that. But you will get there. Just choose yourself. Love yourself enough to just really choose yourself. It's the most powerful thing to do, to just choose yourself. Even in the most difficult um, decisions that you have to make, 
because you need to choose what's best for you. At the end of the day, um, you are living this life, not your mother, not your father, not your child, not anybody else, but you are living this life. And if you are able to love yourself, then you're then there's not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry that you have to, it, it's a bit harsh, but you really have to let go of it because it hurts you. If you keep on, you just keep on hurting yourself. Here's a question here. Um, we have a question that says, how can unhealed parents, not the questions that we currently have, but the one that's popping up now, how can unhealed parents heal while trying to parent, uh, while trying to parent their kids? Ooh, that's another big one. And again, though, to, to try and expand on what you were saying and to bring in a more compassion part of it, there has to be forgiveness. You know, healing is forgiveness. Ultimately, all healing is forgiveness. The parent has to forgive themselves because it is true, these things are generational and they are passed down from one parent to another. But you do need to get to a stage where you say, the bus stops with me. I will not put my own children through what I went through. And by the way, this is a, a, an important question because what happens with parents is that we, we really don't see sometimes when, even when we are doing damage. Mm. To us, we still think I'm being a parent, I'm helping my child. But ultimately, sometimes it comes out as now you're starting to even overimpose yourself on the child. Now you're doing the very same things that you were crying when your parents were doing to you, but you don't realize when you are doing them. So yes, this question is very valid. And I may not have a full-on formula for how does the parent really actually themselves heal while they are doing. Literally, everyone just needs to get to a stage of forgiveness. Forgiveness is so powerful and so important in this case. If you don't forgive yourself as the parent, then you'll continue to perpetuate the, that stereotype, you'll perpetuate that hurt, that, you know, hurt people, hurt people at the end of the day. So you do need to, we do need to feature in that element of forgiveness. And having said that, going back to the question that we, we did receive, the hardest thing that you would have to do is to forgive your father. Yep. Get to a stage where you say, because I know the statement came as, um, I can see this man and he can see me. I can see that he doesn't care about me. Cancel out that about me. If you just tell yourself he doesn't care, that's just him doing him. That's he does it that way. Then it becomes his. Then you no longer hold and own that because then if you own it, it will become a cancer to you. It will hurt you. And I'm hoping that that answers as well. Um, purity. How? No, man. <laughs> the name is written there, it's on the screen. <laughs> but yes, yes, it's a it's a beautiful question, Sisi. And I again this is why I'm saying forgiveness plays a major important role in the greater scheme of things. Ultimately, the child as well that's being parented needs to be able to forgive the parent enough in allowing them room to be themselves. Because half the time when parents hurt us, to them, they are not trying to hurt you. To them, they are feeling like and believing, I've been through this, I've been young. If I were you, I would do it like this, because I did it like... By so doing, they end up trying to live their lives through us. So yes, that hurt then starts to perpetuate itself. Forgiveness becomes very important here when you are able to say, this man does not care. It's just how he is. But I'm choosing compassion. And love is a very powerful force. The more that you give compassion, it really does start to rub off. Trust me on this. It does take time. 
but it does rub off. And yeah, the whole healing process is is actually amazing, um, especially when you are forgiven. When it comes to a parent, um, you need to re remember something that your parents are from a different generation, so their definition of love is 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 different from yours, and their experience of of what love is is I different. Like I like that. Um, so. You, because you are exposed to a better version of love, you then are given an opportunity to teach your parent how to love your way. Because now this is about you. It's again, we're not, it's not about the, the next person. But if you, I teach you how to, how to love me by, by loving myself, you know? Um, I hope that makes sense. Mm. Um, if if there's a because um, love is unconditional, and uh, at different generations, I know with my parents' generation, unconditional means um, conditional. Actually, you need to fit in certain blocks um, for for them to then love you for 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 perfection, right? Because they probably didn't even have. Um, a certain, you know, a, a, a moment where they you can express or communicate with parents. So they don't know this whole thing of us being free and uh, communicating. They're trying to understand and adjust to it. So the best way to teach love to your parents is you loving them the way that you want to be loved. I like you started with that when you bring in the element of people in a previous generation were exposed differently, so they knew sure. differently. There's this statement that I, I always like going back to that says the people before us did as best as they could with the information the they had and they the knowledge had. that they had. Mm -hmm. Think of it this way to try and I know this is me even Yenza Ibelula a lot what I'm talking about and I, I know it's a serious topic but they didn't have WhatsApp. They didn't have even a phone. Literally to go in and meet somebody, you had to ride a horse, you had to go a long distance. It's different now. So all those things in the greater scheme of when I love a person and for me to be with them and to show them, they perceived it very differently, you know, and we do need to start accepting some of those differences. We are in a different age, in a different stage of life. We perceive differently. Communication is a little bit quicker. Things are, but we can't expect people who were not previously exposed to that to suddenly now also. You know what I mean? I, I hope that kind of makes sense. Okay. The next question is: My depression was caused by an incident on social media, where I was dragged and humiliated to see so many people, so many people's comments, um, bad ones. That is pushed me into depression. Hmm. I am I'm, I'm not over it, but I still am on social media. Help exclamation to some. Hmm. See, you know, the last part, I think the most powerful part of this question is the, the last word, help. Because for you to move on, you need to be in a space where you realize something has got to change. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, so it's the whole point of awareness. I think a lot of us, um, but I, that's what I love about COVID-19 because it has put us in a place where we deal with certain emotions. There's, there's just too much silence. You can't ignore your noise within. So you find yourself noticing that you, you're being aware that the certain um, emotions that are coming up that you were not dealing with, that you were not suppressed, that, that mm -hmm. you were suppressing. Mm -hmm. So um, that the word help or being aware is the most powerful step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll package it. You can deal with this. Cyberbullying is real, guys. Cyberbullying is real, and in, in most instances, it's worse than bullying, bullying. Um, because the written word is just so permanent. The written word, you know, a bully at school, he has to wait until tomorrow for me to come and then I have to face him. He has to be built a certain way. There's, you know, he has some limitations. Cyberbullying is done by people who, we are so strong on the thumb. We can send, the, we can press that button so quickly. Cyberbullying, guys, is, is real. And I, I don't know, I'm, I was hoping this would have a longer topic so that we, we can really come to, to the nitty-gritty of helping people who are facing cyberbullying. Because once the thing is written down, there's the temptation to keep going back to it. So my first advice would be try not to retaliate and try not to keep reading and reading and reading those painful words. And people can be very hateful on social media. This is, this is real, guys. People, because they're, and think of it this way, when you attack me on social media, I'm in my space, I'm in my safe zone. A bully has to wait for me to get to school. That's a, a, an environment where, you know, but now you're attacking me in my house, in my room, in my camera. On my post. On my post. It, 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 it really, I really feel the pain, yeah, the person who sent this. Cyberbullying is very real, guys. And because the thing is written, people can see it even, you know, things online stay online. You can see it whenever and people can refer to it and it stays and it lingers and it really keeps hurting. So my first thing is try to let it go. Try try not to retaliate because that usually just makes things worse. And maybe now is the time to take a technology break. Uh, I know that for, for some of you guys, the, this is an impossible kind of a... Think of it like fasting. Think of it like um, just taking a break. But maybe it's time to also just pause a little bit. Just pull out a little bit. Always do that from time to time, by the way. I, I know I, I do that a lot. I pull out from social media from time to time. It's just focus on what is immediate to me here. When I come back, I always feel like, wow, things are fresh or things have moved on because things do move on. And the painful thing about cyberbullying is that even the person who sent the, the angry words or, or, or the, the hateful words, they moved on. The people usually, once they've hurt you, they move on. They've forgotten about it, but it stays with me. You know, necessarily we say, you know, the person that did the thing will forget, but the person that it's done to, they don't forget. So try to find a way of maybe taking a technology break. Um, try to find a way of not doubting yourself. That's an important one. Do not let words that somebody else said. Now, this is on social media and otherwise. Do not let words that somebody else said make you to doubt yourself. It is very important as part of forgiving yourself and loving yourself.
to not doubt yourself. Because once people do that to you, you've allowed them. So I'm going to go into a bit of a long lesson and try to summarize it. You have more than one body around you. There's the physical body, but there's the astral body. There's, you know, there's other bodies around you. That's why when you move your hand around and you can feel the heat a little bit. There's what is called a mental body. And if somebody keeps saying to you, umubi, you may start by dismissing it. But after a while, once it penetrates the mental body and you start believing Ubutumubi, then literally it owns you. That thought becomes you. Do not let people penetrate that mental body. Protect that mental body. Protect hateful words, negative words. Have, have, they call it thick skin. Have thick skin. Try to, to have it bounce off you so that you don't end up doubting yourself. The biggest worry that I, I had when I, I saw this question was the person might fall into doubting themselves. And when we doubt ourselves, it simply means that we do not explore life anymore. Now you'd be afraid to take certain actions because what if this brings this result? Do not doubt yourself. That's very important. Try to move on again in the greater scheme of things. It's about forgiving yourself. It's about trying to get to a stage where, where, where you are moving on. Just remember that we are not raised by the same mother, you know. We are different as people. And some people, they can be hateful without even realizing they are being hateful. We were not raised by the same mother. So don't expect maybe other people to also react to you like the way that you would react. So try to keep to your own. And you, you can't find yourself now you are a bad person because somebody was a bad person. That's retaliating. Still keep to you being you and, and try to, you know, don't keep looking at those words because that's the danger when you keep looking at the words. I think that's just about it for, me, okay. for that question.